All right. Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode. My name is Callie, and this is The Things I Learned from My Eating Disorder, a space that I have created to talk about all the lessons I learned about myself and about life from my eating disorder. So, excuse me. So if you are new here, I recommend that you listen to these episodes in order, um, or at least go back and listen to the first episode first, um, because that's where I talk about my own story. And I go a bit more in depth as to why, um, you know, why I've created this space and what the purpose of it is. Um, If you're not new here, welcome back and let's dive in. Okay, so the lesson that I'm talking about this week is this concept of story follows state. And this is a concept that I kind of had tumbling around in my brain for a few months, um, probably, before I finally had one of those light bulb moments where it just kind of all came together for me. It all it all made sense. It was one of those like, oh, that's what it means. Like one of those moments where you just get it. <clears throat> and so... Um, The way that I want to talk about this today is in regards to the stories that our minds tell us about ourselves. Um, I think we can all agree that along with disordered eating comes varying degrees of insecurity, of body image issues, of low self-confidence right? You know, we get these voices in our heads that tell us any number of things. They tell us we're broken. They tell us that we lack self-control, that we don't look good, that we need to hide our bodies, that there's something wrong with us, etc., etc. I know for me, that voice could be really loud sometimes and and sometimes it still is um but then then we do this this thing where we believe that voice we believe the story that our brain is telling us about ourselves and that's that's where we get into trouble. We just kind of run off with it and we believe it and we attach so strongly to those stories. Um, And what it took me a really, a really long time to realize is that that voice doesn't know shit. (laughs) It's just making stuff up all day long, typically based on past experiences in order to explain and make sense of our inner state of being. So this is what I mean when I say story follows state. So I'm gonna dive a little bit deeper into what I mean about inner state of being. Um, and for this, for this episode, we're going to look at it purely from a, a physiological standpoint, standpoint. And so inner state of being refers to the current 
chemical state of our bodies. Um, you know, moment to moment, the inner state of our body is constantly fluctuating. Um, you know, our body is constantly scanning the environment and kind of taking in information. And as our body, um, you know, recognizes different types of stimulus in the environment, it um, produces specific, uh, let's say, combinations of like neurotransmitters and hormones and other chemicals to respond as best it knows how to um, the environment, to each stimulus. Okay. So uh, a great example of this, or maybe I'll, I'll give you two examples, but a great example of this is when the body perceives danger, um, something it perceives as danger in your environment. Um, so let's say that you're you're walking by someone's yard and a dog kind of jumps jumps at you from behind the fence or something. Your body is going to perceive that as danger. And it's going to respond by releasing um, predominantly adrenaline, but other chemicals as well, <clears throat> in order to prepare your body to run away or to fight. That's the, the fight, the flight or fight response. Okay. And then, you know, so your body prepares all these chemicals and then your brain kicks in and starts saying, get away, run away. This is dangerous. It's not safe to engage here. This dog is going to hurt you. This dog is going to kill you. Like it's going to start telling you all those things. Um, but what you have to realize is that the chemical state came first. The adrenaline came first, and then your brain started telling you um, these stories. Now, let's say you walk by a pet store and there's all these cute little puppies like prancing around. Your body's going to respond to that situation in a much different way. It's going to, you know, produce a, a much different cocktail, if you will, of hormones and chemicals and whatnot. And as a result, your brain's going to tell you a much different story. It's going to go, oh, look at those cute little puppies. You're safe here. You can relax. You can engage. Um, these puppies are friendly. They're not going to hurt you. That's the story your brain's going to tell you about that situation. So what this means is that based on the current chemical state of your body, your brain tells you different stories about what's going on and how you can engage with the world. Now, what's really important to understand here is that specific chemical states produce specific feelings in the body. And when I say feelings, I don't mean emotions. I mean, physical sensations. So, you know, a pretty common one is like a tightening or a constriction in your chest, or maybe an uneasiness in your
your stomach or your gut. Um, you know, that like feeling of like a drop, a drop in your stomach. Um, another common one is like whole body chills or, or, um, maybe, how should I explain this? Like, um, you know, like a cessation of like burst, like wanting to like burst at the seams, like when you're in love or, or when you're looking at those puppies, like those are all feelings that are generated in your body as a result of the, the hormones and and the chemicals that are being released at that specific moment. Okay. So regardless, there's going to be a physical sensation that corresponds to the specific chemical state of your body. And then your brain is going to tell you a story. Okay. So the order of, you know, quote operations here is stimulus, feeling, story. So let's pull this back to what's going on when we're having negative self thoughts and what we can do about it, what we can learn from it, what we can take from that situation. So the first thing to understand is that the negative self thought is the story. Okay. That's the story in that order of operations, you know, and because we just went through that, that order of events, we know that the story is the last thing to arise. And so really it simply requires that we backtrack. So what I do is anytime I find myself having any sort of thought that, that really lowers my sense of self-worth, um, I switch my attention away from the mind and into my body because story follows state. I say, okay, I'm having a negative self-thought right now. I'm telling myself that I'm not good enough. I'm telling myself that I'm fat. I'm telling myself that I should go out or I need to eat less or any number of things, whatever it is. So I say, okay, I'm having a negative self-thought. What am I feeling in my body right now? Because you can be sure that any time you have a negative self-thought, there was a feeling in your body that preceded it, okay? And the quickest way to get into your body is to find your breath. Your breath is the life force that flows to and through you. It is the one thing that you can rely on to always be there. Well, that of course, and your heartbeat, but the breath is the easiest to find because you can control it. Okay. So once you find the breath, you can tune into any feelings, any physical sensations that are arising in your body at that moment. And because everything is just energy, 
that feeling in your body is just a specific frequency of energy moving through you. And energy needs wants to be in constant motion, okay? And so all you have to do in this moment, in this moment when you're having those negative self-thoughts, all you have to do is tune into the body, feel the physical sensations, and let it pass through you. The story that your mind is telling you means absolutely nothing. That story is just based on all of your past experiences and doesn't mean anything about you in this moment, okay? It's just the mind's attempt to make sense of what's going on inside your body, okay? And and then... After you've done this, after you've kind of, you know, sat with the the feeling, you can take it even further. You You can backtrack even further and figure out what the stimulus was. What was the stimulus that created the feeling that led to the story? And why... Does your body read that stimulus as unsafe? Okay, because, and this is kind of an important point here, because typically negative self, yeah, negative self thoughts pop up when our body is responding to a stimulus that it perceives as unsafe based on our past experiences. Um, A situation that it, it's, noticing that it's not safe to express yourself. It's not safe to be seen, right? It's not safe to be be you based on your past experiences. And so it produces these feelings that lead to these stories. Okay. So these are really good questions to ask yourself. What was the stimulus and why is your body responding to that stimulus Or why is your body perceiving that stimulus as unsafe for you? Um, And and I'll give you some examples of me here. So um, a stimulus can be something that's actually happening in your external environment, or it could also be a memory that your brain is recalling for. Um, So those you know, there's, there's two, so there's kind of like an external stimulus and then an internal stimulus, but, um, anyways, a common stimulus for me that pretty much always led to negative self thoughts and still does, uh, occasionally was, um, looking in a mirror. I'm sure we can all relate to that one. Um, I would immediately just zoom in on all my flaws and start berating myself. Um, And of course, all those negative self-thoughts, you know, I would just grab onto them and run and it would make me feel so unworthy. And the urge to binge would arise. So there's something for me about looking in a mirror that makes it me feel unsafe to 
be seen probably is what it is. Um, and so my, my brain starts telling me all these stories about how I need to change myself. And then I get the urge to binge. Um, so I've learned to catch those negative self thoughts before they spiral, before I run off with them. And instead connect to my breath and my body, feel the energy moving through it and remind myself that those stories aren't true, that it's okay to be seen. Um, and then another one, and probably the most triggering for me, um, another stimulus for me was actually the lack of stimulus. So often when I was alone, when I had nothing to do, nothing was going on for me in the moment, um, I would start to tell myself all these things like, oh, I'm, I'm such a loser. Um, I'm, I'm missing out on something. I need to be doing something. I need to be productive right now. Um, you can't just sit here and, and do nothing like all those kind of things, all those kinds of things. And then nine times out of 10, it would turn into a binge. I would like, if I was alone by myself and I was having all these thoughts, boop, right into a binge. Um, but again, I learned in these moments of quiet where my body was perceiving this, this quiet, this isolation as, as danger. Um, you know, perhaps based on my childhood and all that kind of stuff, um, my nervous system wasn't used to such calm. It, it wanted chaos, right? So these moments of quiet, my body perceived as danger. And, and so I, I learned instead to, to tune into my body. Okay. I would feel the restlessness. I would feel the constriction in my chest and just let it pass through. And so I really urge you to become conscious of your triggers, figure out what, um, various stimuli lead to your, uh, negative self thoughts. Because becoming conscious of something is is really half the battle, more than half the battle. You know, once you're conscious of your triggers, you can expect what's going to happen in those situations and you can be better prepared to handle them every time afterwards. And so it's really important to understand here that this is a practice. It is not something that you're going to be good at right off the bat because it's not something that any of us were taught how to do. We weren't taught how important our bodies are and about this relationship between mind and body and how they really do influence each other. You know, when I was first learning about this, I didn't even know what people meant by a feeling. I was so, so out of tune with my body that I literally never 
even notice the sensations going on in my body. I just always immediately jumped right to the story and ran away with it um, to my thoughts. I just ran away with my thoughts, leaving my body behind. <laughs> and, um, you know, that that might be where you are currently at as well. And so this really is a practice. But the more you practice, the easier it will get. And you will find that over time, your triggers don't have as much effect on you anymore. Um, at least, at least that is what has been my experience with, with all this and practicing this, this method of really, um, taking your awareness away from your mind and into your body and then analyzing the, the stimulus afterwards. So to, yeah, so to recap, um, story follows state. So the order of operations here is like, first there's a stimulus and that can either be something happening in the external environment, or it could be an internal thing, like a memory that you're recalling forward. Um, and then the stimulus causes a feeling to be generated in your body as a result of the, the, the chemical state. And then the mind makes up a story to explain the existence of that feeling. So if you find yourself having negative self-thoughts, bring your attention to your breath and to your body. Feel what is going on inside you. Let it pass through because it's just energy. And then analyze the trigger, the stimulus. Okay? So start practicing this and really take note of how things begin to change for you. Um, and as always, uh, I would love to hear from you if you received anything from this episode, if you start practice, practicing this, um, let me know what breakthroughs you have, if you feel so called, and I will meet you in the next episode. Take care.